For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, a film podcast which sees three film doctors take a defibrillator to a much maligned movie to try to kickstart some kind of affection. I'm Rob and it's Simon and James. Boys, how are you? Hello there. Oh, great. It's good to have you back, Rob. Good to have you back. Oh, cheers, boys. It is good, good, good to be back. Thank you so much for holding the fort so spectacularly these last couple of weeks. Um, and also a huge thank you to Lucy Buglis for coming on um, in our last episode in what was a, well, it was a jolly good do, that one. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I've got to say, boys, I really enjoyed and appreciated your weekly exploration and musings as to where I'd got to. Uh, particularly the suggestions that I was enjoying time off becoming Jigsaw from the Saw franchise <laughs> and sort of planning these awful death houses. Was that not accurate? <laughs> it wasn't. Neither, neither was the suggestion that I was powering through some industrial-sized hemorrhoids, <laughs> which is really thoughtful, you guys. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's not like we had this conversation privately between us. Um, no, the truth, uh, everyone, is uh, exactly... Uh, uh, sorry, not exactly. It's almost uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, I, um, I'm paraphrasing a bit here. I went to the docks and needed to get my guts stapled shut. Uh, I'd gone in Oof. with a book on a routine trip and... Uh, yeah, uh, so I ended up waking up hours later and my family had wondered what had happened to me and where I'd gone. I didn't even have a change of clothes or a phone charger. So I was, <laughs> I went AWOL like Jean-Claude Van Damme did uh, <laughs> in the movie of the same name. He's back, he's back. He's back. I'm actually really glad I got that reference in now because um, the, tonight's movie is hard to get a Van Damme reference in. So now we've got that out of the way. Um, Surely the hair, the hair is a reference to Van Damme. It's not snake bitten enough. Oh, it's not. I thought about it. it's not, and uh, it, it's not, yeah. It's I just do have not. a crisp fact on the hair. Oh, do you? Oh, I'm so, hold it, keep that <laughs> yes, powder do, dry. Yeah. Save that gold for later. Yeah, please do. Um, no, I've been no use nor ornament. I've been on a lot of uh, morphine, which is some pretty darn tootin' stuff, I have to say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry it's taken me some time to get back, but I'm so glad to be here. So cheers, boys. Thank you for, well, thank you for everything. So, uh, I've obviously been tuning in and I love what you've been up to across October, you know, the uh, the whole scare season thing. Um, and I was desperate to regale a, a spooky tale to you. I know Halloween's been and gone, but um, when it got, really got me thinking and I was desperate to tell this story. But when we lived in our previous house at a time when we just had one child uh, on Halloween, our doorbell rang as it, you know, as it expected. And Mrs. Parker, long suffering Mrs. Parker, answered it with our eldest, who was only three at the time, ready to give out, you know, like she had a bowl of candy and she was ready to do the do the do, you know, the neighborly thing. But um, Becky called me to the door and I'm thinking, you know, blimey, you know, what's wrong with our sweets? You know, kids are so pushy these days, you know, a cola bottle's not enough. But when I got there, there was a grown man dressed as Billy, the puppet from Saw, six feet tall, immaculately pressed on, on, <laughs> on a red tricycle and I, I was just like rocked speechless and he said would you like to play a game and I I pooed it <laughs> absolutely pooed it and I think I told him to jog on which is you know that's fighting talk <laughs> uh, and um, yeah so ha- that it had such a massive effect on our daughter that Halloween was cancelled for a few years after that so cheers mate wherever you are <laughs> has she since caught up with the Saw franchise ever since uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that was probably why she was upset. She didn't have a point of reference. That must be it. 
Not the horrible makeup. What does she think about the upcoming reboots? Is she excited? I think, uh, knowing that she's she's my daughter, unnecessary reboots reboots are not high on our, her list of priorities. <laughs> <laughs> I read up onto it because I'd never heard of that reboot, and I read up onto it. I'm well up for it. <laughs> it really what, are they, what are they saying they're going to do? Uh, Chris Rock is involved in it. I think. What's he do? What's he doing with it? <laughs> I don't know. Is I mean, he writing it as no well idea. as being in it? I know he's in it because apparently, he, like Chris Rock loves the Saw franchise, so he's going to play some like grizzled detective. <laughs> he's trying to, like, uh, th- there's another Jigsaw come out. I'm just like, oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm no, quite you, interested to you, see. What, you're kind of right. I love how like seasoned comedians are now going into remaking all these horror films. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't under. I mean, I if it wasn't. You know what? You've converted me a bit there because, like, if it was just like, oh, they're going to just do it again, note for note, but no, we're going to do something wacky. We're going to get Chris Rock in as a detective. Bizarre. Like, wow. <laughs> really bizarre. Okay. Okay. Um, sorry, Simon. Can we just what? What was that you just raised to your lips just then? Can I just? Because we all have our, our, our beverage of choice, but I mean, I'm on the John Smiths this evening. Shout out to John Smiths in case you want to, you know, throw some. <laughs> Money our way. Uh, what? Are you, what? What? Are you, that's a that's a glass of wine. Usually, I have a, a a pack of a four pack of punk IPA from. There's a Marks and Spencer's near my work. Just before, I I usually nip out, get a little uh, pack of four, and just have some punk IPA. But I um, was a bit hungry, and I had a, a an MS carbonara. So Pedo, bit Pedo Grigio with me pasta. <laughs> That was the most Stockport pronunciation ever, I think. Just had a bit of carbonara. <laughs> oh, so classy. Oh, I love it. You know, I, what, I mean, what Pinot Grigio is it? Is it one that, you know, would they sponsor us? You know? It's M&S, so maybe M&S could sponsor us. M&S, we we're in the mood. Other. But, you know, so we're not talking Blossom Hill here. You know, we could... Oh, no, you know. Old World, Robert, Old World. I don't, I don't, old I don't do New World. <laughs> uh, James, what are you drinking? Well, uh, inspired by tonight's film, I've just brewed myself a warm cup of my own distilled piss. <laughs> diverse set of beverages this evening. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Coke Zero. <laughs> I don't think, you know, perhaps we should stick to John Smith and Blossom Hill. I don't think we'll coax Coke into a, a, you know, a multi-episode sponsorship deal. Um, so if you're listening, um, M&S Pinot Grigio and John Smith. <laughs> and Just James John Smith. John, John Smith, are you... <laughs> Yes, John Smith, if you're listening. Yeah, if there is a listener out there called John Smith, please just po- sponsor the podcast for one week. You know, we'll do it then cheap for you. Uh, that At least that way we can say we have a sponsor. Um, what have you guys been watching, actually? Anything good? Yeah, I, I watched a film last week. Uh, I meant to watch it at the cinema and it, it passed me by, sadly. And I'm a massive fan of the director, Damien Chazelle. His last film, First Man, the Neil Armstrong kind of a biopic i guess it is a biopic but it's bloody brilliant it like really? totally cool. blew me away because i i remember when it came out and like it was all, the reaction to it was a bit sort of like meh it didn't really do anything humongous because obviously chiselle's previous film la la land was like massive and everyone loved it and then considering this had gosling in it again it I, it didn't really come to much fanfare but yeah i, I thought it was amazing absolutely loved cool. it cool 
cool. Have you guys no, seen it? Let's, no, I don't. Do. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Adventure, you know. I haven't, actually. No, no, I've not got round to it yet because I thought it looked a bit meh, but I will I will get yeah, to it. Yeah, you see, that's that it. These recommendations <laughs> yeah, actually it. resonate with me because I'll check it out now as well. No, we won't. <laughs> Fair point. It's it's currently on Now TV. That's where I I caught it. Really loved it. I thought it was really really good. And I think a few a few episodes, well, quite a few episodes ago, James, when you were talking about us and how Jordan Peele is now like on your radar for like anything he'll make, you'll sort of yeah, check yeah, it yeah. out. Damien Chazelle's on that list yeah. for me. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he is he's, really good. He's three for three for me. With with it. and they're also different as well. The films he's made, Whiplash, La La Land, and and, and that. Yeah, really good. And Gosling's ace in it with his earnest eyes. Rob, you'll appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, and then this, you know, the movie this week as well. We are in earnest eyes heaven this week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what? Um, how do you spell? Um, uh, Giselle? Giselle. Giselle. Oh, I, I was thinking it was like, you know, have you seen the, the Disney film Enchanted with James Marsden and uh, Amy Adams? Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. It's that well film. good. But he ke- in that, he keeps saying, Giselle! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Cyclops is, I think that's the best he's ever been. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's it really is a great, movie. great movie, yeah. Where yeah, she makes see? a dress out of the curtains. <laughs> yeah, and sings those wicked, catchy songs as well. You know, something for everything here on the For Your Reconsideration podcast. Uh, James, what have you been watching? Oh, they got me again. I went to go and see the new Terminator. Oh, no, no. Even I know that's supposed to be poo. <laughs> You'll never learn, James. They've done me again. They've bloody done me again. Right. Fuck off. There's a lot of them. hate them. <laughs> Well, at least it prompted you to go to the cinema a few weeks before to watch Terminator 1 and T2. So that's the best thing that could come out of this. Yeah, I mean, I'd have watched that. I'd have probably gone to that anyway. But I was interested to see this new one. But uh, honestly, it's... And it pains me to say that as a big fan of the first two. It's, it's as bad as any of the sequels. Any of the other sequels since T2. Oh, just, no. It's worse than, most, than some of them, to be honest. Really? But um, I just wanted to give a quick... So it's not all negativity. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a film that I did watch this week, uh, which probably nobody's... Uh, heard of and I'm probably going to sound like a bit of a pretentious prick <laughs> so everyone's going to have to just get on with that uh, so I saw this uh, South Korea I watched this South Korean movie called Burning which has Stephen Yen from uh, The Walking Dead in it and it's one of my films of the year oh really absolutely uh, amazing yeah I, I remember hearing um, someone say that was like really 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 good but yeah it was, it's ace it's really good Korean films are brilliant I remember I I had a a, a big um well, I was at uni, maybe just after uni, had a real thing for Korean cinema <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I um, think I, I got in on this with you, man, because we used to swap a few DVDs, I seem to remember. Yeah, like uh, Host and, and all yeah. that. Because he's getting quite a... I forget what the director's name, Bong Jung-hu or something. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's he's getting quite big now. Like Parasite, his new one's supposed to be quite good. Yeah, we're not getting that until next year, though, which is really irritating. There are, there are like three films. There's that. The Lighthouse, and there's another one as well, which like everyone has seen on Twitter and going on about them, and it's like we're not getting them. Jojo until- Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, and we're not getting them until like yeah. mid to late January. So that's boring. It's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I'll check those out uh, for so, sure. So, yeah, Burning, I would recommend that. It's uh, It starts off like a weird love triangle, and then it sort of develops into a very doom-laden, sort of slow-burning uh, psychological mystery thriller type thing. I, I really loved it. I thought it was nice. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. Is that I'll on any that. of the streamers, James? No, I rented it. Um, it was my birthday the other day. Uh, I, I was bragging to you guys. Bragging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday, so I was flush with Amazon vouchers, so I started renting a load of stuff that I hadn't seen from earlier. Man, we are so old. We are so old. What are you doing for your birthday? I'm going to watch a two and a half hour t- South Korean film. <laughs> Pass me my Merlot and my beret. You think that? You think that's embarrassing? Uh, we got a new vacuum cleaner delivered today. I haven't been this excited for years. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, yeet. Lit. I think that's what, you know, the youth would describe it as. Can't wait to use that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to... Ah, just opening a nice smooth can of Yorkshire Smooth Ale from brewed from the Tadcaster Brewery. John Smith's. The cold, crisp sound of a John Smith's can. <laughs> It's written really nice. Extra smooth, serve cold. So, yeah, that's kept the sponsors, imaginary sponsors, happy. Uh, <laughs> um, no, with my brain being so down the last few weeks, and I don't mean down as in like um, having an existential crisis, it just means I haven't been able to put two thoughts together with all the pain relief that I've been on. So, um, the only thing I've been able to handle is the Big Bang Theory. That's literally it. So, I've been working my way through, <laughs> been working my way through the seasons of that. And my word, doesn't. Doesn't Penny mess Leonard around, man, in the early ones? I can't say I've ever really watched it, Rob. I'm sorry about it. I don't no, know who I... Penny is. I don't know who Leonard is. <laughs> I've never been on long-term sick or jobless, so I don't have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps a, a listener can weigh in. I mean, is this going to... Is she going to stop messing them around or is it going to... You're going to have to watch all 75 series to find out, Rob. I saw I saw 12 <laughs> series on Netflix. Each episode, each series is like 24 episodes. Oh, wow, yeah. I don't know whether I care enough at this point that I'm going to weather that storm. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but we'll, you know, tune in next week to see whether I'm still watching Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I, I'm still in the throes of the rewatch of, um, of Friends on Netflix. Mm. I'm only about halfway through. It's been fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> How's it weathering? It, it's dated pretty badly. In a lot, there's a lot of like really weird homophobic jokes and a lot of weird yeah. sort of misogynism going on. Ross Geller is the worst person in the world. He's an absolute <laughs> dickhead. He's like a serial killer. He is a dickhead. <laughs> like, it's like he's an absolute maniac. He's really funny though as well, so it's difficult. Well, yeah, <laughs> because, <laughs> I think I think they had to make him funny because in the early se- series, he's so creepy. He's just this weird, like he's only. It's like he's only friends with them because he's Monica's brother. Like he yeah, wouldn't be yeah, there otherwise. Yeah. He's just a bit, and he's just really horrible to Rachel. And then the best person is Joey. As much as he's a womanizer, he's actually the sweetest man ever. And he's he brilliant. is. He is. It's Joey's ace, and it's so weird how they like keep throwing in that like, oh, but all the women you sleep with, <laughs> and you know, you never. But he's just a really nice dude. 
Yeah. God damn it, Friends. So that was Friends cast for another week. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, to, uh, this is a very small Friends thing, but have you seen that um, that edited video of some of Ross's scenes uh, with the canned laughter taken out? And it's just, you know, like him doing yeah. his little looks and he looks like an absolute footloose, footloose, screw-loose maniac right the way through. He is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. Sorry, anyway, carry on. No, no, you're right. I was thinking, um, speaking of um, discussions and debate, um, there is a debate that's raging at the moment, uh, which shows no sign of abating, and that's Marty versus Marvel, or Marvel versus Marty, <laughs> uh, whichever way you want to, you know, hedge your bets. But uh, So wh- what do you guys take on this one? Ooh, I mean, this is a good way of timestamping how long we've been away for, because this feels like it's been going on forever. Mm. And it, I think it literally started on our last episode and it's still going now. Yeah. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, of course he doesn't like Marvel movies. Martin Scorsese, he's 76 <laughs> years old. Of course he doesn't like them. <laughs> I'd be more surprised if he did like them. Yeah. If he went, yeah, I can't get enough of Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> That's right on my street. <laughs> doesn't like them. Uh, uh, Sai, what about you? What are you thinking? Right, when he first... Because it was just a, a throwaway comment during an interview with Empire, mm. wasn't it? Like it, Yeah. It, it, so they just asked his opinion on it and he just... He, he it, and then it went a bit mad. And then this week he sort of brought out this op-ed piece with... Is it, what is it, the New Yorker yeah. or the New York Times? Yeah, it was something, something like that. New York Times, it. I think it was, yeah. which is beautifully written. Yeah. It is, and, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I read that because the headline is something like, I said I didn't like Marvel films, let me explain. And then I read it and I was like, he's absolutely, he's right. He's he's totally right. Like, yeah. you know, I love the Marvel. I, you know, I've said it many times on this, but absolutely love them. Yeah, yeah. I still disagree with, you know, him saying it's not cinema, but I just think what I perceive as cinema is different to what he perceives as cinema. Yeah. And I honestly think that that's one of those things that, you know, it's a, it was a written interview with uh, Empire and it probably sounds worse yeah, definitely, written yeah. down when you read it back than how he said it. I mean, if you've ever seen him in an interview, he's such a like genial little old fellow. Yeah, like, he wouldn't yeah. say... <laughs> wouldn't say yeah. anything really aggressive. He would never go in on anyone's work, would he? Like like he's suggested. He's never he's not denigrating Marvel's cinematic achievement. Me personally, I sort of put the world of movies into two categories, like uh films and movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see that. So I would say um like Marvel is in that camp of what movies are, where it's like yeah. it's just unabashed entertainment, you just sat there eating your popcorn. Having you know been blown away, escapism, all, escapism yeah, and yeah. all that stuff, yeah, and yeah. then film is what I guess he would say cinema is, where it's like, um, you know, it's emotional journeys and drama and characterization and yeah. all that sort of stuff. That's how I see the sort of filmscape in those two categories, and I just think it's like semantics. What why everyone's got their knickers in a twist because you know what yeah. he means. Yeah, yeah. You what you read that article, you know exactly what he means. There was a quote in it where he said Exactly, yeah. Where he said they're not sequels, they're remakes. And it's like they are he's exactly right because that each of those films, as much as I love a lot of them, 
it's fan service and it's just it just hits the same beats all the time. They do have a formula, yeah, and I like them as well. Like, but you know, you go and see them, they're entertaining, and then like Endgame, I, I really loved watching it in the cinema, but I doubt I'll ever watch it again. To be perfectly honest with you, right. I enjoyed it at the time. I thought it was good. I I got a real kick out of it, but that's it. It's like what you were saying. That's there for pure entertainment purposes. Mm. Um, you know, it's mass market. It is built for a demographic and it's very, very popular. Yeah. And that's always been the case. Yeah. And he's not denigrating that. He's just worried about the fact that all the, when those movies come out, nothing else can get a look in. Yeah. So it's harder yeah. and harder to get independent films made or lower budget films made Yeah, because nothing else can get any airspace at all because they take over the entire multiplex. They do. Yeah. I think I like the just the sort of def- in defense of Marvel in terms of that argument. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. You know that that yeah, is exactly it, yeah, that yeah. is the fact of it. That is, you know that is the fact of it. But at the same time, it is a shame when um, you know you see this argument on like Twitter and everything all the time that Hollywood doesn't make original movies anymore and blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm interested to see what like a film like Knives Out, you know, the the new Rian Johnson film's going to come. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely original movie. I want to see how that does it at the at the cinema if it if it makes some money. And then same same with like your Jojo Rabbits and the Lighthouse and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. The sad fact of the matter is, is that mass audiences don't want us to go to the cinema to watch those films. And it is really sad. because It's the truth, though. It is the truth. <clears throat> there's always this, you know, this crying out for original films, and they are there. It's just that they're being... Yeah. And I guess I'm sort of proving, your, you know, exactly what you're saying, James, is those films are kind of being suffocated, I guess, by these massive, massive behemoths. Yeah. And, no, that's why maybe people aren't going to see them, because they can only go to the cinema once a month or whatever with a family. And... It's so expensive to go to the cinema. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna see Robert Pattinson lose his mind in a black and white <laughs> 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 I mean I am, I am, I can't wait for that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I am, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I enjoy most about this whole debate, and it's ridiculous it's even a debate, all he did was give his opinion on something, like, which he's completely entitled to, given his body of work. And even if he didn't have a body of work, he's still allowed to say he doesn't like something. What I get is you have idiots on both sides of the arguments, like, dissing each other. Like, Marvel, like, all he does is make gangster films. Oh, and things for bros. It's like, I think I made this joke on a previous podcast, potentially. Yeah, I can't move for bros in the gym pumping the silence score. Well, <laughs> 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 but then you have the, uh, the, on the flip side, you have every single person, uh, uh, all the uh, Scorsese fans, saying that he's never made a bad film ever in his life. And he, yeah, so even his worst films are still interesting and things like that. But he's not—he's not like everything is a five-star masterpiece that he's ever made. So I think everyone just needs to chill out, you know. Yeah, just, yeah everyone needs to chill. Out. They're yeah. both right, you know. There's a place yeah. for everything. All he's doing is highlighting what he's concerned about that smaller films are going to struggle, and that he had to go and take his new gangster epic to Netflix because no bugger else would make yeah, it. Exactly. I, yeah, and it's a generational I, thing as well. Like. It's, it, like, is it as if Martin Scorsese has to answer to anyone for a start, and as as if yeah. as if this is news to begin with? It's a comment in an article, and um, this is like it's a microcosm of the nature of 
everyone having a soapbox, you know, on social media. And it's ridiculous because, you know, and hypocritical of me to say it because we are all Twitter users and we have a Twitter account for, for your podcast. consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a podcast, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're not shy of airing Which we'd like opinions. some of you bastards to follow, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as if... It means that, like, it seems to suggest now that, well, you've got to have an opinion. You can't just, you know, you can't not have an opinion on it. Yeah, you've yeah. got to be one way or the other. And Scorsese's not saying that at all. And it's, I feel like, I feel sad that a guy who's done so much for the art and craft of cinema and to, for all the enjoyment he's given us as viewers has to mm. make a, you know, has to even come out and write a piece. He's a 76-year-old man. You know, as if he has to come out and write a <laughs> apology and an explanation piece yeah. for something he said in an interview. I think it's a complete farce. And I think what we all need to learn is, and I'm not talking about us three here because I agree with everything that both of you have said, there's enough there's enough variety out there for us all to enjoy whatever we want to enjoy and we don't yeah. necessarily have to have a divisive opinion on it at all. Just enjoy what you mm-hmm. like. Because you're not going to want it either way. You don't, you don't want... <laughs> The cinema full of Marvel movies every week. Exactly. And, you don't want, and, and people yeah. won't want the cinema full of um, like three hour dramas every week. No, you know, not, exactly. Not, not to and dis just, either of those, but you yeah. know, it needs. That's the beauty of cinema is that there is. Variety is the spice exactly, of life. Exactly. Literally, there's literally something for everyone. There is something for everyone. Just because Martin Scorsese doesn't like the movies, millions and millions of people do. The last, the End Game that came out, it's the biggest film of all time. Just enjoy. Most of the critical fraternities on your side. Look, no one's denigrating it. Just one of the auteurs of cinema who happens to be in his seventies and didn't grow up with them. He's not into it. Right? Exactly. So yeah. That's it. Well, James, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, like, do you think? Do you think that? Who directed Endgame? Was it the, the Russo, Russo brothers? brothers? The Russo, Russo brothers. brothers right? yeah, yeah. Do you think the Russo brothers and Martin Scorsese universally like Click? <laughs> of co- well, of course. <laughs> I bet you Martin Scorsese's seen it though. Oh, <laughs> if he has. Given oh oh a quick uh, Adam Sandler link because Martin Scorsese, as well as you know making massive gangster epics, someone was like, oh, if he loves all these little movies, why doesn't he put you know put some out himself? He does. He's produced a Ben Wheatley film and uh, Friends of the Show. They're not really Friends of the Show. They keep ignoring us whenever we tweet them. The Safdie <laughs> Brothers, their new movie starring Clicks, Adam Sandler, is produced by one Martin Scorsese. Oh, oh, did you produce that? Oh, independent you see, film. Yeah, yeah. You see here know. we go. If you look at his credits as producer, it's incredible. Yeah. The smaller films that he gets made if, on the if, basis of his name alone. If you said to me, we, you are going to make a direct link between Click and Martin Scorsese today, I would, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. With delight. I wouldn't call it direct. I had to sort of No, that isn't directly navigate. It was like going through the Krypton factor. It's a bit. not even it's that's not even six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's pretty direct that. That's amazing. Can you link can you link Scorsese to Kevin Bacon? Oh. Probably. Can we can can we make that can we make that a listener teaser? If anyone by next week can get in touch and say yes. how can you link Kevin Bacon to Martin Scorsese? We want to hear it. Get in touch and we'll read it out next week. There you go. That that is what you call listener interaction. Yeah, brilliant. So the uh, the either on the twitters at fyr film pod or on the email at reconsiderpod at gmail Whoever can do it in the least amount of moves will get a special shout out on next. Oh yeah, Ooh, I like that. Actually, oh, I've got some twentieth uh, century Fox Blu-rays to give away, so maybe. We oh, could, nice. Uh, chuck, chuck a prize in. 
Nice. And don't, they don't deserve it. Give it to me instead. <laughs> well, with, no, with, cri- with Christmas fast approaching, I think Die Hard is in there. So maybe oh! there's a shiny Blu-ray of Die Hard. Yeet. Yeet. Hey, uh, is this our first competition? Absolutely brilliant. Martin Scorsese to Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon to Martin Scorsese. That's how I want to do it. You will get some Blu-rays. You will get a mention on the podcast. And I'll even throw in an extra smooth can of Tadcaster's Brood, <laughs> finest John Smith's. the flickering myth podcast is a source for all of the weekly entertainment news that we could possibly be bothered to talk about tune in every tuesday for a roundtable discussion featuring a host of flickering myth writers and contributors you can find us on all your favorite podcatchers as well as right here at flickeringmyth.com part of the flickering myth podcast network Speaking of our, our wonderful listeners, this week's movie is the result of another staggeringly well-interacted with Paul. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you chose this one, and here is what you chose. The future. The polar ice caps have melted, and the Earth lies beneath a watery grave. Those who survived have adapted to a new world. What did you see out there in the 15 lunars? Such as? An end? An end to all this water? You're asking the wrong person. Pure dirt. So what's the word? We trading or not? And the human dream is the search for a mythical place called dry land. It doesn't exist! How can you be sure? Because I sailed farther than most have dreamed. I've never seen it. This place, this whole way of living, it's ending. Straight line leading directly, directly to dry land. Dry land is not just our destination, but it is our destiny! Universal Pictures presents a world unlike any you have ever seen. Kevin Costner, Dennis Hopper, Gene Triplehorn. Waterworld. And that, of course, is 1995's Kevin Reynolds directed, Kevin Costner star, half directed, <laughs> monster smash. <laughs> Get onto it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Waterworld. <laughs> so, um, boys, uh, what did you, you know, like, when was the last time you saw this? For a start. Never seen it. You've never seen it? You've never seen it? <laughs> never seen it. I, you can't just right. say that. Right. So, I was, I thought I'd seen it and I was watching it and I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. I've, ne- I've, I've never seen it. I know about, I think I know about the myth more than the actual film. <laughs> so. Hang on, when did you watch? So did you watch it before you came on air, like uh, with us? I watched it. I watched. I watched it last night. And uh, well, I, was I mean, very, I was I was very surprised to know that I had uh, nothing was ringing bells. There was the odd bit here and there, but you know, because <laughs> what's this? Twenty twenty four years ago, 
Is it 24 years? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's obviously, and it was parodied in The Simpsons. I think I know most of yeah. it from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it turns out I've never seen it. Wow! <laughs> going in, going in cold. I mean, and wet. Uh, well, James, what about you? What, what, what's your history with it? Yeah, this is, uh, we're going back to the mid-90s here. I rented this from the uh, video shop across the road from my mum and dad's house and watched it and remember being bored shitless by it. <laughs> 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 this was an interesting rewatch. <laughs> Have you watched it since? No. Really? <laughs> this, this week so, I've watched I mean, it, obviously. That's, almost, show, that's but... almost as good as not, you know, going in cold. That's incredible. Wow! I mean, because this, I've got to be honest, lads, um, I was 12 in 1995 when it came out. You young whippersnappers were not. So I actually saw this in the multiplayer. Did you? It was a 12, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. It was like one, of the, one of the early 12s. This must be one of the most violent 12s Oh, ever. yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe how violent this was. And and sick. I mean, it's sick yeah. as well. Let's not forget that. Uh, no, so but because of that, this is probably the first film I went to the cinema to see by myself. You know, uh, without my parents, I mean, I was with a mate. I, um, and so it's got quite a special place in my heart, this. No, you weren't. You're on your own, Billy. No, no, no. no. That, that happened later when I was later in my teens. And then I'd go to the cinema by myself all the time. You thought that would embarrass me, James. I'm not embarrassed by that. <laughs> That's a constant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's iconic for me, this. Because I, I do remember at the time it being a little slow in parts. Um, but I remember the effect that it had on me. Like <laughs> It was like... Um, I couldn't believe, like, this is the first grown-up movie I think I'd ever seen by this point. Grown-up, you know, <laughs> in inverted commas. But, like, you know, with adult themes and violence, like you say, James, this first thing I'd seen in the cinema, and it really hit me hard, this, actually. So, yeah, this is this is mega stuff. I was so glad that our listeners picked it. Who suggested Do we know who suggested it? Because I was really rooting for Dark Rain. Oh, were you? Were you? I've seen it suggested maybe five or six times now. Oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. On the Twitter, uh, multiple people have suggested yeah. it. I mean, it's total fodder for the pod, isn't it? Because it does feel Ooh. like it's oh, got, it is, yeah. it's garnered a bit of love over the years, hasn't it? I think when we when we first talked about the pod, I remember saying that Waterworld had to be in there. Um, we said like, <laughs> wait, let's just get our feet wet first. Terrible pun, excuse me. That's not that's not what I intended. But let's get into it a little bit before we. <laughs> James, I can see your Before life. we tackle such a behemoth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is, uh, I mean, this is... Kevin's film. Gate, as it was known. It is, because this is, like, um, known as one of the grand, grandest cinema follies of the 90s and onwards, isn't it? It is, yeah. At the time, it was the most expensive... Before Titanic, it was the most expensive movie ever made. Not budgeted to be that, just because we'll get into it as we go through. We'll probably talk more about the production than we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we'll just um, we'll keep it like... I think it was originally so budgeted at like a hundred, like sixty million in pre-production, and then it was a hundred by the time they started shooting. It capped out at one hundred and seventy-two million. And then it was, yeah, as I say, it was sort of seen as a big flop at the time, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. So. I remember at the time people delighting at what a bomb this movie was, and it was probably the first time that I realised that films weren't just made for entertainment and that it was like yeah. some sort of business element to them and that these things cost money. And people were really delighting at the idea that it was going to bomb so badly. And it didn't, I don't think it, Simon will come on to this, but it didn't get a great critical reception. Uh, so the budget was $172 million, 
with a total outlay of 235 million once marketing and distribution costs were factored Whoa. in. The film grossed 88 million at the North American box office and did a bit Ow. better overseas with 176 million for a worldwide total of 264 million and with home video it did eventually turn a profit but at the time it was seen as a massive massive bomb. Really? And was nicknamed it had two nicknames, uh, Fishtar in relation to uh, the flop, Ishtar, and also Kevin's Gate uh, in relation to Heaven's yeah. Gate that sunk, was it United Artists, yeah. the Michael Cimino Oh, movie? my word. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, um, it, so I mean, that uh, it's not a roaring success by any stretch, but no, no. if there's any profit, that means it doesn't qualify, so it must qualify critically, Simon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not as low as some films we've done. It sits on 45% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, on the critical side and 43% audience, so a bit lower on the audience. That's interesting. Slightly more favourable on Metacritic with 56 out of 100. Audience 3.7. Um, 3.7 out of 10, that is. So the audience on Metacritic <laughs> did not like it. <laughs> Fucking did not like it. <laughs> And then it, it drops below our standard letterbox thing. It's on 2.7 on Letterboxd. One of the best reviews I saw on Letterboxd, um, which sums it up for me. This was watched by Graham J. Uh, his review reads, Too ambitious to hate, but too absurd to take seriously. It's a humorless multi-million dollar belly flop. Shit world. Shit <laughs> <laughs> So yes, uh, I enjoyed that one. Oh, no, um, I can't we- carry on. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's so babyish. <laughs> Shit, Will. Now I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> It almost felt like shit world to begin with, with all the the weird green goop knocking around. Um, but we we can't do we can't talk about critical reception without going to our old mate Mick LaSalle. Oh, I was going to ask what, what does he? Come on, Mick. <laughs> what does Mick think? Do you know what? I I actually uh, I, I read his review and it's actually a really good review. Um, he he doesn't. The, the thing with the San Francisco Chronicle is I don't think Mick LaSalle rates them i think they just they just rate it <laughs> read what he they, said and then pick up a rating they, yeah they put it a two two out of four so he's trying to go the ebert route trying to be a bit fancy um <laughs> just to take a a bit out of his review despite reviews that called it a bomb kevin costner's 200 million dollar plus epic really isn't bad Indeed, despite its confused impulses and occasional slow spots, Waterworld has an elusive, appealing spirit that holds up for more than two hours. It's a genuine vault at greatness that misses the mark, but just about survives. I think that's quite a good review, to be honest. I, I, I agree with that, yeah. On, on, on the whole, I uh, I quite liked um, good old Mick's view of it. I'm surprised he didn't give it four out of four, to be honest. <laughs> Best <laughs> film of the year. <laughs> I am a bit surprised as well. <laughs> I know, I think that, I mean, well, that, can I ask this? What What did you guys think of it? I mean, Sai, this is your first ever watch. I, can't, I still can't get over that. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I, I don't know, because <laughs> we're, we're trying to look for the positives in these movies. So I'm going to sort of lean on this in terms of the ambition of it all and yeah, how, yeah. what go they're trying way. to do. And let's be honest, they obviously didn't think about it when they pitched the idea, did they? 
because it must have been an absolute nightmare to film. Oh, I've got some stories. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of aspects about it what are quite commendable and impressive from a sort of technical Mm, side mm. of it, of filmmaking. In terms of an actual film... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, but it's got, uh, it, it, James, what about you? Because uh, no, we've got to be honest about it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, J- James, what do you think? I mean, I'm so, I, I've, uh, I have a morbid curiosity with these big budget follies that yeah. go wrong. And, you know, I'm always a lot more interested in the behind the scenes uh, stories, but it's always interesting to watch these films because there's been so much money spent on them, so there's always going to be elements in it that are really well done. But then to see them trying to knit all the various strands together and the tonal stuff, it's a bit of an all over the place event. To be perfectly honest with you, but um, we'll dig into yeah. it as we go through the movie. I have some issues, but there are some genuinely yeah. really good sequences in there. There, there really are. I mean, I, I, I'd like to pose the question: Can you think of a, a world? that doesn't have water world in it. You know what I mean? Like a cinematic world that doesn't have the spectre of water world <laughs> hanging over it. When I watched it again, I was reminded, like, one of all the things I love about cinema, and you know how forgiving I am of yeah. movies. I'll forgive pretty much anything. I was thinking, like, this is just bold as brass. There's, it's absolute hokum. Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs> nonsense. But how glad am I this has been made? Do I want to see Kevin Costner with gills fighting a load of Dennis Hopper? <laughs> of course I want to see this. Of course I want to see this. And I'd forgotten how much I loved it and how much I love some of the performances. Some of the sequences are mega, mega, mega. And some are actually quite iconic. Some of the looks are quite iconic. I think Costner's look's iconic, isn't it? Like, I can't understand why no one goes to fancy dress parties dressed as Mariner. <laughs> well, how many times have you been to a fancy dress party dressed as Mariner? Well, that's that. <laughs> Two shit. Practice what you preach is what I was saying. Complete with massive recedo hairline. And <laughs> oh. Which apparently he tried to get the digital team to CGI a proper hairline onto <laughs> his head. I, I don't they were like, I, they I were like you're wet for 85% of the film, Kevin. Don't be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and in 1995, that shit wasn't cheap either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I don't think the CGI team that worked on this movie should be going anywhere near something as as, as detailed as that. Uh, um, that. Actually, can I just talk about costume design for a moment? Um, oh, it's really good, isn't it? It yeah, is really, it. really good. Yeah, nice, and I, yeah. I'm wondering whether this is... The you production know, design as well is incredible. It is, like, isn't it? It's like, so good. Because I this is the first time, obviously, I watched it in, in the cinema, but this is watching it on HD this week was, oh, wow, you know, like, everything is so gross. And is it almost too depressingly grubby? (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's that like it's yeah. minging. you can almost it's smell really it. It's grim, mean, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really gross, grim. yeah. And I was wondering, is that why one of the reasons possibly why this failed a bit is it's just oh it's gross. Too depressing. Yeah, it's too depressing and too probably accurate. I mean we would wear clothes made of fish. <laughs> we would do that. <laughs> I guess then I mean like if it was made now it'd still be like a, a political hot potato with the old climate change business. But I remember at the time, like in the nineties, it was very ozone layer, wasn't it? Everyone was worried yeah. about the ozone layer. Yeah, yeah. It's a similar. Never hear of, about the ozone these well, days, do you? Well, it closed up a bit, didn't it? <laughs> it has. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so nineties. Yeah, it's, 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 really it's its smallest size since it was discovered it's, this year. It's, it's 
really nice. But it is quite depressing, isn't it? But like, yeah. my sort of left field when I was watching it, and it was only like the sort of back at like the last half an hour when I sort of made the comparison. It's really tenuous, this. But um, it really reminded me of like eighties, late eighties, like manga post-apocalyptic manga films. Yeah, yeah, I can so, see what you're going, what you're saying. Yeah, like, have you like have you guys seen like Fist of the North Star? No, but I, I think. What I'm really going to say that the imagery and the aesthetic, I can see where you're going from because I'm familiar with some of the imagery. Yeah, it's like like Mad Max type sort of yeah. wastelands, and um, obviously those are you know it's more sort of desert than than oceans. But yeah, like I was watching it and I was like, if this was a manga, it would have, and it was animated in a Japanese style. I reckon it would go down as like a legendary movie. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good yeah. point. The tone of it, the tone of it is just exactly the same as those sort of old eighties Japanese manga animated manga movies. Fist of the North Star is the big one. What jumped out at me, obviously, yeah. it's not got the brilliant uh, violence and fight sequences um, as that <laughs> film. God, I love that film. Um, but yeah, that it just reminded me of that, like tonally and like the aesthetic of everything and how cool. grim it was and yeah it's a bit sort of humorous as well because with it being a 12 they obviously needed to put a bit of you know as grim as it is there's still this sort of tint of humor going on oh, you know, yeah. like when buddy think he's getting his eye swapped out <laughs> and it's, it's all quite funny yeah, yeah. the whole thing the whole scene is just really funny and dennis hopper's just so like outlandish and over the top it's such a bonkers movie have you seen a man enjoying himself in a film more than Dennis Hopper is here <laughs> he's he's having a riot <laughs> everyone's got such a sweet suntan as well haven't they oh yeah <laughs> they have yeah well it was shot in Hawaii wasn't it uh, oh. um, I mean I, can I hit you guys with some hilarious trivia please, stuff please mate like, I want to hear all this it's very much like couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery territory that we're going into <laughs> So basically, the studio didn't spend any money researching weather patterns off Hawaii's uh, Kona coast where the film was shot. If they had, they would have learned that the area was subject to 45 mile per hour winds, which constantly blew the set out of position and ruined shots. Brilliant. (laughs) Right. So we're off to a bad start already. Neither the 1,000 metric ton floating set nor any of the 30 boats used by the casting crew had bathrooms. Filming had to stop so people could be ferried to portable toilets on a barge anchored near the shore. Sweet Christ. Like, I mean, who is running this? Well, Kevin Costner's one of the producers, so I suppose it comes down on his door. I I have to say, when the credits rolled, I didn't recognise any of the names. (laughs) And I was like, did did this film kill a lot of careers? Harpooned so many careers. I mean, this, th- th- from that, James, it's, this sounds like that fire festival on water. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and speaking of killing careers, it almost killed half the principal's cast as well. So Janine Triplehorn and uh, Tina Majorino, who, who plays uh, the little girl, nearly drowned on their first day of filming when the t- uh, Trimaran, they were on sank, dragging them behind it. Uh, Dear, Kevin mate. Costner nearly died when he caught, got caught in a squall while tied to the mast of his tur- trimaran. Jesus. God. Dear Kevin Costner's mate. stunt double was washed out to sea and several extras nearly drowned. <laughs> Do you know who his stunt double was? No. It was it was um, pro surfer Laird Hamilton. <laughs> uh, is that why he looks so, so crisp? crisp? Like jumping around his Yeah. Boat? It's because he's like... Literally, I mean, Led Hamilton is as close to a professional fish as you're going to get, really. I suppose. Did you do you think uh, Costa did a Tom Cruise and like 
bagged his skipper's license before he did this film. <laughs> sail a boat. Oh, I just I I mean I've not seen a wind-propelled vessel used so well since that guy tried to escape the Castle family barbecue. <laughs> On his catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only this thing that Kevin Costner's got is actually fast. <laughs> yeah. He would not have been shot in the back if he was riding on this. Uh, it's really fast. Yeah, I, do you think, like... Um, I mean, that sounds horrendous, James, those, <laughs> those stories. <laughs> Why does anyone make films on water, right? Has anyone ever made a film on water and gone, you know what, we brought it in under budget, on time, and it was still <laughs> yeah. delightful time was had by all. Like Spielberg, 100 days over on Jaws. Dear me. Uh, Cameron was still shooting Titanic when it was supposed to be coming out, for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> these are two of the best, and they can't even do it. Just knock it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had a better bet if they'd uh, filmed it at the uh, indoor water park, Waterworld, at Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is the last line of that guy's review. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's the uh, UK's number one tropical aqua park, is, uh, <laughs> and it's based in the heart of the Midlands. Waterworld is an epic adventure for the whole family to enjoy. A great day out in Staffordshire, providing a range of thrill-seeking rides from the Space Bowl to the Black Hole. There is something for everyone. James, the only thing missing there was you doing that in the partridge voice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to what? Have you ever been? It's fucking brilliant. No, no. It sounds good, though. It sounds better amazing. than this movie, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a thing. Like This is how little of a cultural impact that uh, Waterworld, the movie, has made, is that I googled Waterworld, and that was the first thing that came up, a water park in Staffordshire. <laughs> or, or the water the Waterworld uh, show at Universal Studios that is still running, I think. Yeah. I think it's yeah. actually been dis- decommissioned this year. They're finally going, getting rid oh, of it after no. 25 what? years. So they're getting rid of it after 24 years, not 25. What idiots? <laughs> what, what idiots? <laughs> Do they not understand what they're doing? Oh, dear. Um, Each time they put it on, Rob, it costs them $175 million. <laughs> and everyone, all the guests have to be ferried to a barge for a poo. <laughs> And they make Kevin Reynolds direct it as well. <laughs> every time. Every single time. Um, oh, do you want to hear about Kevin Reynolds and Ke- the two Kevs on, the clash of the Kevs on this? I, I want to. I want a deep dive on all of the above, please, James. Give it. Right, so um, obviously the two Kevs had worked together on um, Prince of Thieves back in the day. Huge hit. Uh, Big Kev. We'll call Kevin Costner Big Kev because I think he's the one who's wearing the trousers in this relationship. So obviously he's been on an amazing run uh, from the Untouchables through the baseball movies, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, uh, Dances with Wolves where he won Best Picture and Best Director, Prince of Thieves, JFK, The Bodyguard, A Perfect World. But before Waterworld, he was in two movies called Wyatt Earp and The War, which both bombed. So he needed a hit. Right, so he thought, I'm going to bring the hitmaker back in. I'm going to get my man uh, Kev Reynolds in, and he's going to sort this out, and we're going to be back on top of the world, guys. Uh, so he gets him the job, and then they have an almighty bust up after the, what 
<laughs> sounds like one of the most hellish productions ever, in which Kevin Reynolds wants the film to be a lot darker and Kevin Costner wants it to be a lot more heroic. This is the heroic version of The Mariner, which I'm sure we'll get into over the course of this. <laughs> so basically, they have a big fallout and it ends up with uh, Kevin Costner having to finish the film. And some of the best shade ever thrown by a director on, on a star... So Reynolds was quoted as saying, Kevin Costner should only star in movies he directs. That way he can work with his favourite actor and favourite director. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh. What a sassy oh. bastard. <laughs> oh. Put them claws away, Renz. But, they, <laughs> but they, they, they worked again together recently, didn't they? Did they not do some TV? Yeah, they're mates again, uh, though. <laughs> well, since, uh, like... Because, yeah, this was... I think it was just before Kevin Costner's career completely flatlined, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, this, was like, this was like the first shot to the chest and then the postman that came out two years later with the double yeah. tap to the head. <laughs> I mean, have you, have you ever seen The Postman, guys? No. Oh, it's fucking rubbish. Is that like three hours? <laughs> did Costner direct that? Yeah, he did, yeah. He did direct it, yeah. Uh, I, I, I might have to, for completionist's sake, try and watch it. <laughs> My my dad my dad used to be a postman. <laughs> went, I remember it once the trailer came on the TV, and he goes, "Should have got me to star." <laughs> it's not like that with a Royal Mail, tell you. <laughs> it doesn't look like my route. <laughs> James, I, I don't I don't know how much money I'd give to see your dad play you know delivering mail in a post apocalyptic future. I don't. Know. Money. In reality or on film? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Big love to Big Jim. A fly on the wall documentary for BBC Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we give the same budget? 170 million. <laughs> Should we have a look at a little a little dance through the movie itself that to be a quick step <laughs> I think we've had an hour of <laughs> talking about all sorts but um, yeah it, I mean I, oh, I can't even remember oh no we love logos don't we yeah, and this opens with another logo. really good one it does yes they do a they do a gag, don't they, on the Universal logo, which comes up twice. I don't think in the, it wasn't very slick. I didn't think because you have the Universal logo as normal, and then they do a little glitch cut, don't they, where they actually do another Universal logo, <laughs> and then you see the polarized caps melting. And that and that's the first step on the way to shit world. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've said a swear on this podcast, by the way. But uh, I thought it had to be done in the name of a gag. Speaking of defecation, we are uh, sort of introduced to our lead character in the best way possible. <laughs> Is this the greenest piss you've ever seen in your life? I don't know. I'm about to go for a John Smith's, you know, special shortly. <laughs> Sorry, dissing the sponsors there does not give you green urine. What an opening shot, though, that, like, the first thing we see in the live action after the VO about setting the world up, how the ice caps have melted and stuff, <laughs> is you just see Kevin Costa, legs akimbo, having a piss, doing a Bear grills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, like, I remember in the cinema watching it, like, when they, um, you know, when he drank the wee, like, oh... Oh, His own wee. This is bold. He's not this siphoned is for, it off oh, anyone yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Kev's own brew. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Is his character right? Is he one of the coldest heroes you've seen on a film? I would say he is... he is the worst person in this movie. Well, he's not really a person; he's a fishman. <laughs> Yeah, I because mean, um, it opens and he leaves that geezer to die at the hands of the smokers at the beginning. The smokers <laughs> yeah. of this, I mean, just leaves him and gives him a little wave. Well, like. he pinched his limes. He pinched his limes. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, in. yeah. Oh, it's bonkers. Um, but the smokers are these like the Mad Max baddies, aren't they? Really, they're around yeah. on the sea and all this, and no one's safe from them. I, you know, I'm. I was wondering on a rewatch this week, like how many people are actually on this planet now? I, I don't mean now, as in us. I mean, like in the movie, is this it, or are the little pockets of drifting people all over the place? What's going on? Yeah, most people probably died. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's. Yeah. I mean, it's very. It's really close knit, isn't it? Yeah, the hu- the human race are quite pathetic. It's like all the post apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. All the post apocalyptic movies and stuff. The only ones who survive seem to be complete dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> so, <I don't> know. <laughs> so everyone else is just too much of a like. They're too much. They're, they're so weak that they just die straight away. Just like, oh god, I can't do this. Just die. Just it's left left to the lunatics. I mean, I'm not a very strong swimmer, so I wouldn't get on very well in Waterworld. What in Stoke on Trent or the <laughs> either? <laughs> it's a health hazard for me either way. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're never told at any point what year this is, but no, no one's I, ever heard or seen of dry land, so it must we must be a hundred years in the future for dry land to have become a complete myth. We we must be two or three hundred years in the future. Here. Well, Ke- Kevin Costner's character is apparently a f- uh, a freak of evolution, so I think it's supposed to be about five hundred years in the future, which still wow, seems like wow. not enough for a man to develop gills and webbed feet. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> You know, and you'd have thought that their own technology might have done something in 500 years as well. You wouldn't still be going around on junk ships, would you? <laughs> well, maybe you would. I didn't see any sort of engineering factories about, so you probably would, yeah. Yeah. No, but Fair they've dudes. still got bullets. Where are the bullets coming from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bullets. I really like how they've still got, they've still got jet skis as well. Yeah, yeah. That's quite good. Because jet skis are totally sweet, bro. <laughs> Costner's boat is ace, though. It's amazing. It is good, yeah, yeah. It's really, really oh, good. It's got a name as well. I can't remember what it is, but it, it uh, it's because they built two for the for the production, I believe. Um, but yeah, that I thought that boat and the way that he, um, you know, I mean, he makes sailing look actually very cool. Mm. He does, yeah. He does, actually. He does. He, yeah. The way, the way he just leans off the side and... Oh, he's, yeah. He's and he does that chair, little... Pumps he? his little arms, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, the gorgeous costume and hair and being Kevin Costner, the Chicago town deep dish, <laughs> helps. Because he looks like a movie star here for me. He, he does when he's not talking or interacting with talking. any other people, when he's just sailing around. <laughs> I like Costner as well, but I don't rate him in this. I don't think he's good in this I, movie. I think he's got a very complicated character. Uh, as in, Mariner is a very complicated character. And he's not very nice, and he's... Yeah, he's the product of six different screenwriters who can't agree <laughs> yeah, on a yeah. tone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the biggest, it's the biggest complex of people, Mariner. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. It's such a good point. I love these discussions because <laughs> I learned so much doing them. Um, they end up, they end up going to, you know, they there's like a kind of way of doing things, isn't there? And they all trade with each other and stuff. So he goes to the, is it the atoll that he goes to? Um, which is one, um, it's an amazing set. Yeah, brilliant. It is, and it's all practical as well, and I absolutely adore it. You know, again, big fans of the practical on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes on there, and for me, I like, I realise at this point because not much has been said by this point but I can quote most of this film and I don't really know how <laughs> I know I must have watched it loads as a teenager but like I can cut so um my little brother Johnny Johnny listening how are you doing bro um say you would say to me you know like do you want to <laughs> back when we collected pogs do you want to swap a pog you know and we you know you know and he'd say oh how much and I'd say half your chins <laughs> <laughs> It would have no practical function or reason. Well, that was the going rate of pugs in the 90s, Rob. But when put- it was, it was, especially if you had one of them steel ones that would flip alone. Oh, I hated there was one guy at school who had the steel pug, and he just rinsed everyone. And he, yeah, he cleaned up. Um, incidentally, incidentally, that man is now uh, the councillor for Cheadle. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's akin to the councillor of Cheadle having a conker made of adamantium. <laughs> Well, that's his political career over. <laughs> Cheating at pugs with his metal pug smear campaign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, they, I mean, on this place, like, again, the design on the atoll is amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is amazing. It's an amazing set. Um, and did you see the dude with the impressively long hair? Um, you oh, know, he looks like a it, lion, doesn't he? Yeah, that's Gerard Murphy. Who pound shot Rudger Howard. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But where have you seen him before? Tell me. I'll tell oh, you. But what is where it? have you seen him before? I've no idea. I thought he was Rudger Hauer and then I realised he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> is he in Batman Begins? Yes! I'm sure he's in Batman yes, Begins. sir, he is. He's the corrupt judge, Foden, in he Batman is. Begins. In the he bar, on the, on the underworld <laughs> bit, yeah. Amazing, isn't it? And he's massive in Batman Begins. Can I just say, I did, I did an IMDb cheat on that. That was a genuine yeah. memory back. But like, cause <laughs> I, I was the same. Like, where have I seen this guy before? And that's where it is because he's got a very distinctive face, hasn't he? It's a big face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge face. <laughs> they keep waffling on about dry land. He's got it. They could live on his face. <laughs> Massive pristine teeth as well. Where's he getting his toothbrush? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you not, do you not know? Like, in, in the post-apocalyptic Waterworld future, dentistry is at an all-time high. <laughs> we nearly had a John Smith's microphone interface then. Dear me. <laughs> um, they decide they're going to recycle him. Um, uh, Mariner, that is. Um, but it's all about... And um, the whole plot is driven by the little girl, Enola who is played, yes. uh, as you said, James, by Tina Margarino, or Deb in Napoleon Dynamite, as I Napoleon prefer. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, it is, yeah. Her, it? It, is yeah. it is her. And, and she was also the little girl in Andre about a seal, um, which was another <laughs> fave of mine in the early 90s. Um, she was big but, into um, water-based and- movies. <laughs> she really found a niche then and started getting typecast. <laughs> We need a kid who likes water. Uh, we've got that, that girl from the Seal movie. Um, the guy, you know, um, oh, it's horrible. You know, like, um, because I think this is how it would go, because you're, they offer Kevin Costner 
a girl, don't they? You know, and yeah. ask him to, you know, you can have whatever you want if you take this girl because they want to propagate propagate the species, don't they? Essentially, and yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is almost too because this is what would happen. You'd have to do stuff like that to keep the human race going. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a weird wrinkle, though, for a mass market blockbuster that's been. It is, isn't it? The whole family should go be able to go and watch. <laughs> yeah, because this isn't the first time that um, sex and, fe- and females are currency in this film. Yeah. Which is weird. For, like you say, for a blockbuster. Um, I was slightly um, eased by this conversation was actually taking place by a guy called Sab Shimano. Um, and I was like, where is it? Where have I seen this guy before? And he was the bad guy in Ninja Turtles 3. So there you go. The finest Ninja what Turtles movie. No. <laughs> the is, is that the samurai? Isn't that That's the, the samurai one, like, yeah. Feudal Japan. It is. Yes. What a, you know, that's kind of a ballsy move, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, time travel. It, it's yeah, traveling Ninja Turtles. Fuck, I need to watch the first one again. That first one. Oh, yeah. That first one is yeah. good. I remember watching uh, Ninja Turtles three, and we, I was just watching it, just minding my own business, quite enjoying it. You know, I don't know what year it came out, but I was the appropriate age to enjoy Ninja Turtles three. My mum just came in and went. This is rubbish. This is absolute <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> All right, mum. All right, chill out. <laughs> Probably can't see it from you. Your perm, you don't understand what's going on. <laughs> that is that is not on. Um, yeah, did anyone else notice the rough shape of the atoll when they go for an aerial shot? No, but I've read something. What does it look like again, Rob? For me, it looks Lay like it on the, us. the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Ooh. Really? Yeah, that gets yeah. everywhere, doesn't it? I've, it does. I'm not sure it's a, a homage or tribute, but it certainly looks like it. Um, yeah, Dennis Hopper shows up. He's having an absolute riot, and this is before he loses his he eye. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's this great action sequence. It's an unbelievable sequence. It really it's is, so isn't it? Good. It is great. It's so practical and like is, stunt, sh- uh, stunt work is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got explosions, planes, jet skis. Bloody um, water skiers with machine guns. It's it's all going off the sludge. There's all sorts going on. People hit going over the top of walls and hitting cages and <laughs> hot air balloons. Like it's absolutely crazy. And, and people are getting killed horribly everywhere with oh, yeah, guns yeah, yeah. and knives. And this is a twelve. Uh, and again, the grit and grime is also so apparent. Um, and um, yeah, it's. A, I love these practical explosions. Some of the biggest explosions I've ever seen are in yeah, this film. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It it does look like just a massive theme park ride, doesn't it? It's mm. just the, it does. Yeah, yeah very yeah. much so. It's very just, much so. There's a lot of uh, go pyrotechnics. Uh, uh, pyrotechnics. But uh, I'm pyrotechnics. looking at this like it's, it's <laughs> really, really original filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> you're out and you can't <laughs> well, there's no need for that <laughs> you've said it again paratechnic <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> um, sorry sorry speaking Sacred. of pay though um, when um, when um, uh, the mariner escapes with Helen and uh, Enola mm, mm. is it he get the, he he been jailed and they get on the his silly boat and out they go and like uh the smoke he manages to um uh to, to turn the smokers heavy artillery on themselves and then 
I think that the stuntman playing Dennis Hopper when his boat goes up in smoke actually died at that point <laughs> because he was so close to that explosion when it goes up. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a depth of field thing or not, but I think he actually died and they couldn't find his body. <laughs> he must have been incinerated. He was about three yards away from that explosion when the boat went And, and they weren't messing around with the explosions here either. They were blowing no, stuff no. out of the water. Yeah, literally. Right. So I'm with yeah. the movie at this stage. Like I'm enjoying it. Like because that that action sequence it must go on for ten minutes when oh, the great. initial raid and the escape, and it's all so practical and crunchy and like yeah, really that's really a nice good. word, crunchy, James. And also the mu- the music by James Newton Howard is great as well. By the way, you know yeah. I really like it, and it 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 gives the um, I, I'm feeling like Indiana Jonesy vibes here during this sequence. Uh, yeah, I felt it that the score went all over the place. Like, there's a lot of like Asian yeah. vibes going on, and then it goes a bit Indiana Jonesy uh, and adventurous, yeah. and then and then it goes a bit piratey. It just goes all over the place. Yeah. Like, and, the, and then the, it's very the, heroic. And there's some yeah, rock and roll on, De- on Deacon's like later on as well. It's <laughs> absolute nonsense. Um, I, yeah, I think. I'd love to know the story behind the score as well, but I think the central score, the central Waterworld score that's used through the key moments um, is a nice one. But No, it's yeah, good. I enjoyed it. it. I, I, I enjoyed know just what you mean. I, I think this is definitely one of those films where too many cooks were possibly involved <laughs> at certain <laughs> phases. Um, anyway, anyway, so they get away with um, uh, Enola and uh, Helen, who's Gian Triplehorn, and yeah, the little girl's Tina Majorino, and she's got a tattoo on her back, which legend has it, uh, that leads to dry land, and thus starts this bizarro triangle on the boat with a extremely yeah. grumpy half fish man and two <laughs> <laughs> and two. two uh, <laughs> I can't carry on. So I'll finish the sentence. <laughs> he is a grumpy fish man, to be fair. That should have been the title of the he's movie. He's so angry. He's angry about so everything. Angry. So can we do a list of what he does to these poor girls on oh, this Oh, please. Boat? Yeah, let's right. do it. <laughs> right, so he's a bit of a hoarder, is, is old Mariner. Right, there's so much tat on this boat, you've never seen it. You've never seen anything like it. It's like Scrap Each Challenge. Right, and... So he gets really annoyed because the little girl likes drawing and she pinches his crayons. My my two-year-old's better at sharing crayons than this fucker, honestly, right? He's going mad because he's drawing on his ugly-ass boat, right? He gets so annoyed with her that he throws her in the sea. She can't swim. Right. Um... Then doesn't he drop a sail on Janine Triplehorn and hit her with an oar? Right, this is yeah. the hero of the movie. Yeah, properly takes her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else does he do to her? Um, cuts all do, her hair he, off. He summit her over. He cuts her all her hair off. Which cuts is, her hair off. Yeah. 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 With a knife. And because, then um, take her to the that, salon. Ilona. Yeah, because before that, Ilona looks like uh, she's just been on holiday to Mallorca. And got, got gorgeous got braids done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when you go on all day when you're got a air braided by a yeah. sunglasses salesman <laughs> down on the front. <laughs> every single, every single, like between the ages of six and fourteen, have got their air braided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then um, oh well, also there's so much going on. 
a plane comes to try and shake it. You know, the smokers have really got it in for them then. And um, Holly, yeah. you know, contemporary Hollywood royalty, I'll say, um, hits this movie. Who is it? Who wanders into this movie who's a household name that we'd all know? Oh, I don't know. I'll give you a clue. You know the plane that comes in? It's the, oh, uh, uh, the Green Mile dude. Nope. No. Well, no. I don't know. No. The pa- <laughs> I don't the, know, mate. The, You're going to have to... I know, yeah, yeah. The pilot of the plane that comes in. You know the one that gets... And, and he uh, a, spit, uh, a harpoon ends up attaching itself. Harpooned, yeah. And he ends up going round and round and round and round and round. Um, the pilot is Jack Black. What? Yeah, you're it? kidding. No, it's Jack Black. I did not know that. And wow, he even wow. gets a line and he delivers it in a really Jack Blacky way as well. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and there's one, this is where the one F-bomb in the film comes and it's the plane gunner. And I just, I thought, like, it's, why have you yeah. said that? He just smashes an F-bomb out of Why nowhere. waste it there? Yeah, I yeah. know, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, why waste it there? Because you can only have one in the 12, can't you? Why use it there? Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway... Um, so I, I cannot I, believe that was Jack Black. Seriously, it is. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch spot. that bit. I know, I know. <laughs> seriously, spot. it's Jack Black, and and he's is in he it. credited. Rob? Yeah, yeah, he's in in a few scenes as well. Yeah, because um, he goes back because he survives, doesn't he? That encounter with he does, the yeah. Mariner, and he goes off back to um, Deacon to tell Deacon about it. Um, yeah, uh, no, uh, I've got here now. This. Am I rose-tinted here? But I've got here. He's not a nice man, but Costner somehow imbues Mariner with a sense of humanity buried somewhere wild deep. <laughs> Is that too kind? Was that before or after he sells Janine Triplehorn for uh, to a crazy oh. fella for uh, for sex for half an hour for a bit for a few I mean, scraps of paper? Did- <laughs> Real paper? Can you smell it? Um, I, I thought that was Robin Williams when I first, first saw it. Kim Coates. Um, Kim yeah, Coates, yeah. Kim he's, Coates from Sons of Anarchy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's another fella who's having a whale of a time. Um, but it is oh, very yeah. dark, very, very dark when he says 45 minutes with the wee one. That is, <laughs> that's not, that's... <laughs> That's not what I want in a twelve. Thank considering, you very much. considering there is a there's a cut knocking around with an extra forty five minutes on. <laughs> you think they would have took that out along with all that over forty five? I mean, minutes? it's not. Jesus. That is not good. That is not. That but is, because he's so I mean, disgusting for I mean, a big tentpole release. Yeah, maybe they needed someone so disgusting to. Uh, try and paint Mariner in a better light. <laughs> so but he Mariner can't be all puts that the bad. women in this situation in the first place. Well, yes, this is true. And he agrees to let and then Triple he, and then he, changes, <sighs> he changes his mind and goes down below deck and uh, and murders the guy in front of the chill uh, in front of the women as well. So you know, he's just he's the worst. He's worse than Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dennis Hopper's actually got quite good motives and he just wants to make his people happy <laughs> oh, yeah, that's such a good take <laughs> oh I love it it's true and he's he's a people person is Dennis Hopper yes he's a little crude in the delivery but he's a people yeah. person he's giving um, them all he shoots fam. a few subordinates but he <laughs> yeah, hasn't wanted to do that after it, a tough, it, tough day it. at the office and his eye had just fallen out I think we can make I, Mariner's just a shit from get go <laughs> Um, he's, not, he's not even done the worst thing yet, Mariner, because there is a point in a bit where I'm just like, I can't believe what he's just done, where he reaches right. peak dickhead. Come on, let's I, ca- I can't it. wait. Hang on. Firstly, can we speak about um, 
the fishing sequence. Because after he's dispatched Robin Williams slash Bono slash Kim Coates, he then... <laughs> <laughs> he then... He's got a courtesy TJP on that one. Um, the... Uh, the, he, he, they're all moaning about not having any food and he does a fishing thing and I remember leaving the cinema with this little bit being so imprinted on me like I've just seen something I don't think I'll ever get over and I because I remember this moment being much subtler and much a much better effect and I was sat there this week watching this waiting for this really subtle fish monstery thing to come out and it's a horrendous CGI blob <laughs> with teeth that yeah, comes yeah, yeah. out. And, oh, it's, the movie magic went a little bit for me there. <laughs> I mean, where have these come from, these mutant sea creatures? Never mentioned again. He just kills one and they, they <laughs> stuff their faces with it on the back on the boat, where they've all, they've all just forgotten about the horrendous, you know, <laughs> prostitution slash murder that happened like two hours earlier. I don't know, James. Maybe maybe this is, you know, this is what it's like in Waterworld. You know, you just have Food to... Food is a great healer. You have to take the rough <laughs> with the smooth, possibly. Um, can I add, I think um, I think Triple Horns do, you know, is, is good here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a pretty thankless role it as is, well. It is, isn't like, it? Yeah. I mean, she's not even the child's mother. You know, so she's got to build no. a bond with this child. Um Somehow, because it's never expressly said in the script, so she manages to do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think she's really good. I actually think um, her... This is... I don't know whether this is... But I thought her costume, you know, because they're all wearing fish stuff. I think her costume yeah, is yeah. a little bit unnecessarily titillating. It's the night. Uh, who's? That's what... Kevin Costner's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is deliberately titillating. But uh, no, um, no, Gian Triplehorn. She doesn't actually. She's given. You know, Mariner is wearing like full. It looks like he's wearing a pinstripe suit at one point, made of fish yeah, guts. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing a girdle. <laughs> yes. Whereas Triplehorn, at one, you know, like her standard dress in it, you can see. I mean, there's huge gaps in it all the way around, right the way through the, you know, her hips and oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all a little bit like, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. That's a bit silly. Well, you see her, you see a full bum as well at one point, don't you? Oh, blimey. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I like that. Not... <laughs> so <it's... laughs> no, we all like bums, Rob. No, no, I like... I like uh, it's later on the bit that I like because... She, offers, she sorry, we've we've gone right past it, but she offers herself to the mariner, and he. Um, yeah. I quite like. Sorry, by the way, the mariner in the credits. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the um, yeah, she offers himself, and he, she says later on, "Why didn't you? You know, why didn't you act upon that?" And he said, um, "You didn't really want me." I thought that was nice. I like that. Am I the yeah, only one? Yeah, but it's sort of undercut by the fact that she offers. Uh, sex to him so that he doesn't throw the kid off the off the boat or murder her so that they don't run out of supplies. Mm, You've mm. got to remember the context that this is put to. Oh yeah, of course. Um, of course and yeah. He does. He does let her like strip down to a birthday suit and have a little squeeze of the nips before he decides <laughs> that he's not going to do it. So again, he's just horrible. He's just been <laughs> absolutely horrible once more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they. <laughs> Because then this is the bit of the movie where they're... <laughs> I'm just really scrabbling here now. This is the bit of the movie where their um, relationship <laughs> is embellished really a little bit. <laughs> um, I th- there's a bit where, um, in terms of filmmaking and nice moments, um, they set the, the big sail of the trimaran against the moon is beautiful. Do you remember that shot? Mm. 
really, yeah. really nice. I think that, th- this oh, section yeah. I, I quite enjoyed because you've got all that and then when uh, Dennis Hopper and the Smokers set the trap for him and there's that whole that, that whole bit as well, which yeah. looks quite good. And it all goes a yeah. bit Weekend at Bernie's where they're <laughs> like dead. Oh, yeah. De- they get the corpses of the people like waving at them to like to like bait them in, um, like all again a super fucked up in- image for a that temple is so summer movie messed up. for the whole family. So so messed up, and they're all waving like, uh, uh, and then you've got Hopper behind controlling a little woo. That's bad. I mean, this is after, of course, they've gone down to the bottom of the ocean, haven't they? Um, Triple Horn and Marin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this sort of gives them the moment. This this sort of uh, allows the smokers to sneak up on them. But they go down there, and and I love that sequence down at the bottom because I think that's really original for any kind of blockbuster film. That. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The underwater stuff's good, but you've got to question. Like, it's obvious that the smokers are coming for. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They just leave her up on the boat on her own for what? <laughs> I'm, I'm really like... no. I'm, I'm re- when I say uh, talk about that, I mean I'm really talking about the imagery when they're down there, not the yeah, I love that. Because yeah, yeah. I felt that like the music was got quite Danny Elfman-y, and the whole you know with it. Um, there was some really nice ace miniature sets down there. And no, sorry, not down there. Nothing was actually yeah, yeah. down there. <laughs> and it all felt very Tim burton <laughs> at that point. Yeah. It did, I, yeah. I, I did, because uh, again, you know, I I thought I'd seen this film and then this was the point where I realised I hadn't seen it and I was just like, what? <laughs> this is actually quite good. I, I really enjoyed that bit where they, he went down and saw the remains of the, the world because you forget that, you know, the earth has been destroyed and it's just yes. it's just all a big ocean. Yes. Um, I, 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 thought that, yeah. I thought that was quite good. It's almost but, like it's some sort of water world. Uh, water <laughs> world. There's um but you're like uh you know the the it's quite prim it's all quite primitive CGI, but I think they just about get away with, with the exception of the big shark rob which you mentioned before. I think all yeah. the all the sort of green screening and the you know they use it in the right yeah. places and they, they do they do get away with it. I, think, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's particularly dated that bad. I mean, you can see yeah. it, but it's not like yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. But rubbery Spider Man yeah, climbing up the wall. They're, and, they're um, trying, aren't they? They're trying to do something um, yeah. that'll blow yeah, your it's mind. It's just not quite. Uh, and yeah. I like, I like. It's, again, the effort is great. Um, they forever mac on the boat, um, which was you know, which good, is good a weird them. thing because uh, <laughs> the smokers come, they take Enola, um, and. Off the pop, you know, when this instead of like getting their stuff together and like, right, let's go and get the kid back, they decide, uh, now let's shag on a boat <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> is it wrong is that this I before get... or after she's been kidnapped? This is after. Or after? Is it's it after? after. Oh, this is, I mean, for her. they just, <laughs> oh, finally, finally, she's gone now. The mariner, can <laughs> yeah, yeah, can we get down to it. Can I, we boon? I hate to say it, but you know, if you left me on a boat alone with Kevin Costner wearing a load of fish guts. I'd be, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. I mean, what I, what struck me at this moment is this film is so ahead of its time. Like, if it had been released 20 years later, it had been walking home with Best Picture. Yes, you're right. That's a, uh, <laughs> that's a you know, fish fuck of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, but I can't. I need to stop dissing the shape of water at every. No, no. You know, every podcast has its bugbear. It seems the shape of water is. 
hours. Uh, he, he, Michael Jeter arrives um, to the homies that we lost. Uh, huge respect to Michael Jeter. Um, he's having a great time, not quite as much as Hopper, who is absolutely smashing at every scene. I mean, he is chucking spam at everyone on that boat. Um, Smeet. Yeah. Yes, I, could they not? Could spam not just say yeah? You can have <laughs> no, spam. No, could they not clear it? <laughs> I know it's absolutely ridiculous. So, think of the marketing spam. I mean, I love you. I can't be on my own here flying the flag for spam. I I like Once to believe. Again, where's like the smeat factory? The factory. Yeah, the where one... are they getting all this from? <laughs> The one factory what survived the apocalypse, the, the the flooding apocalypse, was uh, the spam factory. <laughs> yeah, no, but they could have saved a load Don't of money. Live on the roof up there. <laughs> they could they could have saved a load of budget here because spam um, is actually a Hawaiian product. So being in Hawaii, they could have just got a load over from the factory just a couple of miles away. But no, they had to invent smeat. They didn't and all even that put rubbish. bugs on the true? floating sets, Rob. True? They're not thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got um, somewhere around here. I've got a spam cookbook, and it's got a history section at the start. <laughs> somewhere I'd... around here, I've got the history. Fine of cuisine spam. round at the party. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a documentary directed by Martin, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. In the 80s <laughs> The history of spam. <laughs> no, it's, it's a double hander. It's Martin Scorsese and the Russo brothers direct the history of spam. <laughs> and that oh. there is the melting pot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're on this mega, uh, like, oil tanker, aren't they? And it's, it's Ace. It's another yeah. Ace set. It's great. I love all yeah. this stuff. It's great. And there's a big old action sequence isn't there and he yeah. drops a flare down into oh it, and that, they don't call it oil or petrol no. they call it go juice don't they? that's so good isn't it it's so <laughs> go good go juice <laughs> uh, oh, the ch- they're still chucking spam at everyone amid lots of drownings and stabbings for a 12 uh, <laughs> this, see I mean Mariner goes goes for it and when he drives that ragged jet ski... He goes full army of one, doesn't he? Yeah. He does, doesn't he? And, and it goes montage. And I just, like, I wasn't expecting... Stylistically, I wasn't expecting a montage like this at this point. And it stood out for me a little bit as being a bit weird. Much like earlier when, you know, he gives Enola a, a swimming lesson and it suddenly goes all tentative yeah. music and slow-mo and Gian Triplehorn obviously suddenly gets the massive hots for Big Kev. And it's like you it's not very subtle. <laughs> and then the the montage he was selling here. you he, he was selling your body for paper yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> to Bono. Montage is, you know, all you need is a good montage to, to get that. Oh, big Kev. <laughs> and some well, I just think when he when he when he drops that flare down that pipe, it's just like all those you know they're they're not necessarily Full of bad guys, they just seem like a little no. clan of people who just following blindly following Dennis Hopper, uh, and then he just blows them all up. <laughs> just like the worst death you imagine. They're all they're all there, like rowing this humongous big like oil tanker, and then he just un- unapologetically just blows them all up, leaving Dennis Hopper, the one bad guy, still alive at the top. So like, what are you doing? I just... I, I, it seems to me that there's just a lack of... 
uh, of communication going on here. Like, they all <laughs> want to find dry land. Why don't they all just work together? Yeah. Like, it makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, and Hopper's not even that nasty. Like, you'd think, like, right, you got he captures the girl. She's got the map on the ba- on tattooed on her back, right? But he doesn't do anything to her. doesn't hurt her or anything like that. He just wants to use the map to find her. Yeah, like, exactly. there's one point where the where his cro- where his underlings are like trying to get the map, and he talks about maybe cutting it off, and then he goes, "Ah, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, yeah. But, that'd be the, grotesque. That's something a, the Mariner like would they do. They suddenly yeah. remember it's a twelve. I've <laughs> <laughs> killed a load of people. The, oh, we can't take the bit, skin off a kid's back. There's a bit where she's like chained up as well, and he comes in and goes like, "Take the chains off her. We're not animals." Like, yeah, yeah, like. He's not a bad like he's not as bad as Kevin Costner is. I think they led to the wrong hero here. Oh yeah, <laughs> she was saving. Hero. She was saving Enola from the evil mits of the Mariner. Who was gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah, with a different blur. This freak, movie man. is so different. <laughs> Shocking mutant steals woman and girl from <laughs> heroic one-eyed man. From- from heroic society planner. <laughs> Again, at this point, the the pirate pyrotechnics are so good. <laughs> they are, aren't they? The bit where he's he's on like a zip wire, isn't That's he? That's the, the grappling hook, and it's just like <laughs> that is so oh, iconic, amazing. isn't it? Um, this is really at, he's, yeah. he's had. Um, I think the grappling hook chasing the plane is really iconic. Um, but you know when he says, "She's my friend." It, it it's so close, <laughs> James. Eleven. It, it's so close to hits the mark, but doesn't. And then, um, what's his name? Hopper gives that brilliant because uh, you know what he's done to this. Well, like, yeah, you know he's, he's like literally <laughs> given the, the litany of nightmares to these people. Um, and, and Hopper gives he's another to one of his great give her a life. terrible haircut for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he did take a crayons. Sorry, she did take his crayons. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it so. Oh, then there's a mad bungee jump. <laughs> and it's so nice and yeah. weird with another unbelievably good massive explosion that surely everyone involved died in. <laughs> <laughs> Chalk up three more stunts. <laughs> Um, Are those jet skis coated in gasoline because they go up like a nuclear blast after they crash into each other? (laughs) Surely it'd just be like the dodgems (laughs) would just bump into each other and maybe fall in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's a seagull. A seagull appears and it's the first non-human, non-sea monster life form we've seen in the film. And it's quite jolting. It's like, whoa, from Kevin Costner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I suppose. Hang on a minute. Can we just ask, how's he got gills? He's uh, he's evolved. They say it. He's a fluke of evolution. But how's how's evolution? I mean, surely there's a kickstart point to the evolution. Like what? His what? Mom, I don't know. There his was one banged a dolphin. No. Dolphin. Are we back in shape of water territory? <laughs> because there's got to be something. <laughs> there's got to be something that prompted it's a this. Great along. band name. My mum banged a dolphin. <laughs> Yeah, they're playing at the Manchester Academy. Just the second room, not the main room. Just the little room next door. <laughs> We've been my mum banged a dolphin. You guys have been the best. <laughs> I think I saw Vanessa Carlton in that room. Maybe 10, 12 years ago. <laughs> uh, oh, neat. Yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I can't understand. They say, yes, he's a freak of evolution, but evolution to that scale would take longer than 500 years, wouldn't it? Surely. Why, and why has no one else done it? It's almost like go. it's not a very well-written film. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact it's happened. And you know the way he swims? 
You know, like when he dives in the water, because yeah. this struck me the first time I saw it as well, many times. Like that, ooh, 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 ooh. Um, you know, not great on a podcast making noises like that, but it's going to exist. <laughs> Thanks for that. But yeah, no worries. But like the amount of times I, ch- I nearly drowned in pools on holidays trying to replicate that swimming style. Because <laughs> you didn't uh, have webbed feet, mate. You need I didn't have gills, you know. I did he have webbed feet? Yeah, he's got webbed feet as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Have you not seen this, Rob? I, many, many <laughs> times, you know. And I, like, right, anyway, they get to dry land and um, they... Uh, Jurassic Park, it looks like. It, get to well, Park. it's Hawaii, that's why. Same same valley, Valley of the Gods, Kings, something like is that. It, that. Is that why yeah, it looks exactly like Because Jurassic it's the same spot. <laughs> and um, is that, they found like a Apparently, little... Apparently, in the extended cut, it is made clear that, that that is actually Mount Everest that they've landed on <laughs> Shit, you not. Looks an awful lot like Hawaii. <laughs> it does. There must have been a bit of a climate shift as well when they pull their eyes Is that right? So they get there and there's a little house and there's a couple of people lying on a bed. Are like literally yeah. skeletons. Um, is that Enola's mum and dad? Yes, I think so. Isn't Do you think it? so? So isn't yeah. it? Isn't it a bit harsh letting her wander in and see the skeletons of her parents? So like, I mean, happy it, it as well. doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, we don't know why she's been tattooed. We don't know who did it. Yeah, it just and and why she is no longer with them. Like, what did they do? Like, did they? You know, like, was it messaging a bottle? They just pop her in a massive bottle and float her off. Who like, knows? what happened? Who like, knows? why? Is, why wasn't she there anymore? And I agree. This is one of those occasions where I actually agree with Mariner. Mariner arrives here and he's looking around all this and he's like, "I don't get any of this. I'm off. <laughs> this, this place is pap. I'm off." I'm going. So he finds dry land for a all. He's gone. He's out of here. And he finds it in a little boat. And, um, oh, yeah, look, here are my notes. Why does nobody ever go to parties dressed as Mariner? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've covered that. Yeah, we've got that. We've covered that. Um, so, yeah, and thus endeth this I, magnificent folly. I have to say the closing shot is... Spectacular! It is, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's it a is. really nice, and it's a great looking movie. It looks really good. It the does, whole thing yeah. looks great. The production design is ace, and some of the action is fantastic as well. So, on a technical standpoint, you can't fault it at all. Yeah, like, especially I, it's ambition. Yeah, it's yeah. Ambition I mean, I'm going to ask you guys what what like yeah. um we've we've gone right through the movie there and talked about some of its more interesting points. But like, is there, is there any, have you got any takeaways on the movie before we get to whether you'd reconsider it or not? I mean, anything you want to bring up? I mean, for me, the story, the, when the smokers storm the atoll at the start, it's that's the best action sequence in the film. It's in mm. the first 20 minutes, is it? And yeah. it goes on for like 10 minutes and they just... Half the budget must have gone on that. It's amazing. Right? Because it? yeah. they, they just throw everything at it and it's so practical. And um, that's why the, I assume the stunt show has been running for so long. Yeah, because I yeah. imagine that's the, the big inspiration well, I, for it. I watched the stunt show. And it's just really since, well choreographed. Yeah. yeah I, the, the stunt it's, show it's a great set sequence. is just the atoll, essentially. So it's a, yeah, like yeah. almost a carbon copy. Um, would, that, would you say that would be your best bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one really memorable bit. Um, although when he drops the flare down the um, into the <laughs> tanker and the old man who's down there yeah. just keeping an eye on the level of the oil, he goes, "What does he say?" Oh, thank God! Thank God! <laughs> he blows thank up. God. That was quite good. I found that complicated when I was twelve. That thank God, like <laughs> he's about to die. Why? 
Why is he saying thank God? Why is he happy about it? <laughs> Did you think they were letting him out? <laughs> no, I just, I didn't. I d- <laughs> but he wasn't no, I didn't like, I was thinking like, why is he happy he's dying? You know, uh, I, I didn't get it, but then I realised it was because he's being, you know, his suffering is ending. Uh, J- uh, Sai, sorry, what about a uh, best uh, bit from you? Uh, Kevin Costner's sea pants. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. They're like the, the same as Danny DeVito's, the penguin pants, but made of, like, fish. <laughs> Which I'm sure he would have excellent. agreed. <laughs> yeah, the, the clock, like, his yeah. sea pants are brilliant, and then Dennis Hopper's codpiece uh, got a big, <laughs> raucous reaction. Um, yeah, I, everyone's sweet tan. No, I think the, uh, the costume design is my favourite. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Really yeah, it's really good. good. Yeah. I, love, yeah. I love, like... It's it's really quite subtle, but Dennis Hopper's eye patch, it's made from like a pair of glasses. It is. But it's like they, it's like angled on his head. So they, there's like one, they break, they take the lens out of one, and it, that's just on his forehead. And then it's the other, and it's wrapped in like a bit of cotton or whatever. I just think the whole costume design is really, really good. It's a bit like Mad Max, you know. It's probably it's a very apes and that very much, but I loved it. Yeah. I've got some interesting trivia around the Mad Max similarities. So this is from the IMDb, as all of our trivia are. So if any of the filmmakers have got a problem with it, take it up with them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's co-written by David Twohey, who would go... Twohey, I think is how you say his name. That's a lovely name to say. Um, who... Um, who would go on to uh, direct the Riddick movies, Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick and all that all that jazz. So according to one entry, he cited Mad Max 2 as a major inspiration. But then, like the next entry down says, screenwriters Peter Rader and David Twohey uh, <laughs> never acknowledged that George Miller's Mad Max trilogy was a huge influence behind the film. So I don't know who to believe. But uh, that's well, a very, very similar thing. It has to be, because it, this is like Mad Max at sea, isn't it? It's yeah, Mad Max. It yeah. It's exactly what it is, and it, it it to me it seems like America yeah. had been like watching those. They'd watch those Mad Max films, and they were just like, "We need an American version of these." We, how yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, uh, like, let's just do you know, because it's just like a little Australian movie. Let's just rip it off. Um, it does. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, it, it is, as you say, Rob. It is Mad Max at sea. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, but you can't. As soon as yeah, the smokers yeah. are in there and they're churning out, you know, exhaust fumes into the air, and they're all dressed like that, the Mad Max comparisons yeah. are so obvious uh, that it can't be coincidence. It yeah, just yeah. Um, I think um, if you'd have asked me ages ago what my best bit would be of Waterworld, I would have easily said straight away the sea monster fishing bit. But I was so shocked at how <laughs> like bad. Two seconds. I know, I know, but I loved it because I like fishing and I like the fact that Kevin Costner used himself as bait. That's true. Yeah. Actually, I did, I did um, type in, you know, to get a bit more information on this. And I ended up in, like, there's a guy on Reddit who has done a massive analysis deep dive on the sea monster situation in Waterworld. And he has <laughs> gone into some kind of detail that, I mean, I know I'm a bit weird at times, but this is <laughs> this is something else. Like wondering what evolutionary strands have existed that would get us to a point where this big fat sideways mouth frog thing would exist. And he also asked, "What? Why is there nothing else? Why do we not see anything else? You know, has it eaten everything else? And and how risky is it that Costner allows himself to be swallowed before blasting his way out of it?" it- 
it looks pretty delicious though when he slaps it. Oh on yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that does look good. Like, That's probably my favourite bit. No, I've actually I've got loads of favourite bits. Actually, um, it's very hard to distill to one. So I'm going to give it to the fact that Costner gives it that one weird extra shake when he's shaking off at the very start of the movie when he makes his little <laughs> beverage. I think he shakes one too far. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, you've got to get every drop. It's water well, world, doesn't it? You know, yeah. every piss is precious. <laughs> that is the new tagline for the For Your Reconsideration podcast. <laughs> every piss is precious. That should be on the poster for the movie. <laughs> you know, when they do the 4K restoration, yeah. it's sure to be coming. <laughs> from James from the For world. world. Every piss is precious. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums up the movie. I think we've hit it on the head. Um, boys, for your reconsideration, what we say in Waterworld? Um, I think it's like fascinating as sort of a mid 90s curio of excess hubris and ridiculous ambition. But for me, it never really truly hangs together, despite some admittedly pretty impressive stunt sequences and production design. Uh, the pacing and the tone are off for me. It feels everyone of its 135 minute running time. And I can only imagine how laborious that three hour cut of the movie must be. <laughs> um, I, as we've sort of discussed, I've got some real issues with the Mariner. <laughs> much worse than the main villain, which is weird. And there's some very strange wrinkles considering this is supposed to be a mass market blockbuster. Uh, but, you know, that said, it is fitfully entertaining. And if you are interested in big budget misfires, as I am, uh, this is well worth a look, but if the idea of that doesn't appeal to you, I would say probably best to stay clear of this one. Simon? I think I'm sort of in agreement with James, I, I guess. Um, like, as as much as this is like is total fodder for this podcast, we had to do it, didn't we? Of course we, we did. Yeah. Uh, but I am, like, having figured out I hadn't seen it, I'm a bit sad that I didn't have the element of nostalgia to help it along during ah, this yeah, rewatch. Yeah, yeah. What wasn't a rewatch? It was a first watch. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think like the behind-the-scenes stories of Costner like living it up while the rest of the cast and crew lived in squalor, uh, and like onset disputes between him and Kevin Reynolds. I, I just think they're way more interesting than the film itself. And I would just love, like, yeah, I, I would love to see a retrospective, like, in-depth documentary that reflects on all of that, like. 20 years yeah, later, that would be amazing. That would be later. amazing. Like a proper... Yeah, like a Heart of Darkness type yeah, thing. Yeah, like, that'd be so good. Now, which is as good as the movie. <laughs> what was it you said, James? Um, every... <laughs> that, that's what you could call this documentary. <laughs> every piss is precious. There you go, that's it, that's it. Uh, we have it. Because, because it is one of those rare movies what will always... People will know about it and talk about it because the myths behind the production and that you know it, it does seem to have surpassed the, the film itself um i do think like you know the the story is a bit sort of drab and it does plod along a bit um some amazing action sequences as we've said um but costner's just said he's, he's so boring and he just really ruined it for me <laughs> and like right that is enough yeah, but like sorry, I don't wanna I don't wanna sorry, I I am dipping way too negative. Let's bring it back to No, problems. no, it's fine. Um, you be I honest. Mate. I can't uh no, but uh I can't fault the audacity of the set pieces and the stunt work is exceptional. Um 
I'd actually yeah, go as far. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean, with, with the exception of uh, the last Mad Max film, Fury Road, this is this was definitely the previous. This film set the high bar previously, I think, in terms of on-set stunt yeah. work, like to such a scale. It's it's incredible. It's really really good. Um, production design's also amazing, and I think it's worth a watch just for one-eyed Dennis Hopper being absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel it's one of those films I wish I had nostalgia to help me along with it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy to report uh, my missus absolutely loves it. Ah! <laughs> well, she's, a, she's a big Prince of Thieves fan, though, isn't she? So, well, um... it's, yeah, it turns out now uh, I think Kevin Reynolds is her favourite director. <laughs> uh, Prince of Thieves as well. That's, that's in her top three movies. Awesome. Of all time. What's her... I think all of his movies qu- uh, qualify for this podcast. Maybe we could do a Kevin Reynolds <laughs> oh. season. I should, I, should we pick a I month? Should get, you know? Yeah. I should get Jess to give us like a paragraph on each one. Yes, uh, I'd, like, I'd be interested. <laughs> I'd be interested to hear this. Um, I, I think, um, well, interesting you bring up nostalgia, side because I'd agree with that, definitely. Nostalgia, I think anything you see when you're younger imprints yeah. and influences you to a great degree, and especially at an impressionable age like... Um, like just preteen. So when I saw this in the cinema mm. at 12, it blew my mind to pieces. Um, as I'm sure it would a lot of 12 yeah, year of course, olds, yeah. to be honest. Um, so with that in mind. I think if I'd have seen it in the cinema instead of on a VHS. You oh, know, yeah, in, yeah. In my bedroom, I think it might have had more impact yeah. on me. And I'd probably, if I'd have seen it, because you know what it's like when you're a kid, you get taken to the cinema, it's just like you never say the film's bad. It's just yeah, it's just massive. It's just like, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's such a good point, James. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly look through this uh, with rose tinted glasses. But certainly, as a fan of cinema overall, I can't picture, as we've said before, I can't picture a world without Waterworld in it. <laughs> I just can't at all. So I just. <laughs> Love the ambition, love the scope, love the effort, love the the stunt work is just, as you both have said, is out of this world. The production design is incredible, costumes amazing, performances, I think everyone's going for it, except for Costner a little bit, who's a lot more restrained, but I certainly don't have the mis... You know, Mariner is not a great guy. I certainly think he's the coldest hero you would expect in a big budget. <laughs> you know, hero is in a very loose he's sense He's cold-blooded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah for sure Um, I would say not just fill your boots fill your gills with uh, a bit of water (laughs) world (laughs) Uh, and yeah I I just I I just I'm so glad these things get made and like you James I love um, a big budget curio so like Last Action Hero this falls into that category for me tries so much fails on so many levels but it's it's in a lot of ways it's noble in its attempt Arguably, and I didn't know whether this could be possible, this actually exhibits more ego than the last action hero did. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, I think... Oh, quick link between those two oh, movies cool, as well. Yeah. Uh, shot by Dan Semlin, who shot Last Action Hero, so welcome back to the podcast. Oh, welcome back! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love it. If he's got those two movies on his CV. Jeez. His CV is just, like, big budget weird... <laughs> Yeah, big budget misfires. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fault the cinematography on any of these films. You absolutely cannot. Um, so yeah, <laughs> go and enjoy it, and you'll probably not like it. Find stuff to not like about it, but 
I just think it's worth watching regardless. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the most eloquent finale, was it? <laughs> what a recommendation. You won't like it, but just watch it anyway. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just love everything. So, yeah, just watch it. It's great. He's got guilt. Rob's refusing to disagree with his 12-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I still... Well, I, watch, I, I was watching it and the music was kicking and my goosebumps were going. Yeah. And even when, you know, Costner's threatening to, you know, sell everyone's bodies for seeds or whatever <laughs> I'm still enjoying it uh, but anyway anyway um, right thank you for listening please give us a shout on Twitter at FYR Film Pod chuck us emails at reconsiderpod at gmail.com and remember actually before we go anywhere if you want to win some Blu-rays and a can of John Smith <laughs> you need to tell us <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you can link Martin Scorsese to Kevin Bacon so uh, I'm actually, uh, you know, I'm going to not deliberately not research that so I can enjoy the answers next week. I'd be really gutted if it turns out like Kevin Bacon was just in like Goodfellas or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was. Can you imagine if Kevin Bacon played Billy Bats who gets knifed in the, <laughs> knifed in the trunk. <laughs> Bacon in for about eight seconds. What a legend. Um, anyway, um, uh, Cheeky Play, give us all the stars on your relevant podcast service. Um, boys, it's been so good to be back. Uh, looking forward to everything this winter brings. I just hope it's got gills. <laughs> See you later. Say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> How many years do you think to get gills? 7,000? <laughs> 8,000? 500. 500. This movie is something else. <laughs>